All right, welcome in on a Thursday. The Plank Show is on the road. We are at our typical Thursday hangout, Cavens Construction, cavensconstruction.com, or in OKC and Norman. You can call them at 405-573-3048. Numbers for Tulsa, 918-282-78, or pardon me, 7612. Uh, Dallas nine four five two three zero zero two three four. Mediation, restoration, construction, roofing, maintenance, environmental—you name it—they've got you covered at Cavens Construction. Okay, I wanna, I wanna carry over a little bit of what we were talking about with Toby and the crossover as we welcome you into this Thursday edition. Uh, there is a chance. I know that usually whenever I say this, it doesn't come to fruition. So. I'm probably jinxing it by bringing it up. But there is a chance that David Hale could join us. David Hale was the author who pinned the article on Brent Venables. And it's it's really well done. I A lot of that stuff, and I hate to say this because it sounds a little bit conceited, but a lot of that stuff we knew, right? We knew about the Auburn thing. He he had made the conversation public about his daughter and dad. Why didn't you take Auburn? Uh, but there were some really cool things in there that we didn't know. I thought the Ben Bulware stuff was really good. I thought the uh, the conversation that he had about you know cereal. I'm, I'm not going to lie to you, that really resonated with me because. I am I am just like that. Whenever I would go over to a friend's house, if they had cookie crisp, they were living life right. If they had cookie crisp and if they had a swimming pool, oh, dude, they were rich. And if that swimming pool was in ground, I thought they were millionaires. But it was really cool, uh, and we're hoping to have David on the program. If not today, maybe tomorrow. Now, uh, before we get to the carryover, Josh Helmer is standing by in the Brown O'Haver studios. Josh, did you get a chance? It's a very long article, very, very long, lots of words from David Hale. But did you get a chance to read that at all yesterday? I did not, but okay, I can thumb through it. I bet you're pretty quick. No, you can't thumb through it. It's too long. If if you say you're going to thumb through it, I you're going to be there for a while. I will skim. <laughs> even, even skimming it, I'm just. It was one of those to where there's about five or six places where you're like, oh, and you're like, oh, okay. I'm scrolling down. There's a little bit more here, and that's not a knock. It's just it's so engaging, and there's so much there. It's incredible. I mean, it is an incredible read, and it leads me into the carryover from the the crossover to what I want to hit to open the show today. Nothing matters until the games are played, right? You could, We could sit here all day today and tell you how incredible Oklahoma is going to be, and we can talk about all the great things that have been done from a foundation perspective and a culture perspective. And trust me, Josh, it all matters, right? It absolutely all matters. But n- none of it really resonates with people until the games are played, right? Until we get to the first weekend in September in Oklahoma – uh, takes care of business, or maybe it's not until week three when they beat Nebraska, whatever it might be. But consistently this offseason, from the moment that Oklahoma lost to Oklahoma State in Bedlam, 
to when Lincoln Riley left to USC. And then, of course, the, the transfers that moved on, a couple of them went with Lincoln to USC. You had Austin Stogner and Spencer Rattler end up at South Carolina. A couple guys in that, what, 23 recruiting class that moved on to USC. Since that moment, do you think it's fair to say that we've been fighting a narrative that Oklahoma has been gutted and they will not see the light of day for relevance for quite a while. Is that a fair assessment of how Sooner football had been painted for a long time during that stretch? There's a solid number of national folks that I think saw Spencer Rattler, saw Caleb Williams, saw Mario Williams, saw Jaden Hazelwood choose to transfer and really just haven't dig you know dug into the situation beyond that so yeah yeah you could you could say that i think i i do uh fill-ins on mad dog sports radio it's a it's kind of odd i think i'm about the westernmost host that they have outside of their evening guy but uh, outside well jt obviously is in vegas but it's always interesting to me to hear how little some people truly follow college football. And listen, it's not a knock, right, Josh? If we had a professional baseball team in this town, uh, and, and major league baseball team, we have a professional team, we have Oklahoma City, and we have the Tulsa Drillers. But if we had a major league baseball team, then it might be a different narrative, right? If the Thunder were, were winning, it might be a different conversation piece you know, during the winter into the, into the I guess, summer, right? It, it, and it was, and it has been in the past. But we, even when the Thunder are winning, is it fair to say, we live on this station, Oklahoma football across the board, we live college football pretty much 24-7, 365, right? 24-7, 365, no doubt. We, uh, even when the Thunder are great, this is Oklahoma right. football, baby. It's the Sooner State. Yeah, it's... It's fascinating. It's fascinating, right? How much. So it's much like it is when, say, I talk baseball, right? Whenever I'm sitting here and I'm watching this last night, and I have no idea who this dude is that comes in that's pitching from, uh, was it the ball? No, the A's guy. Yeah, the A's guy. I'm like, I have no idea who that is. But, again, that's probably the same frustration baseball guys feel whenever I try to talk about baseball that I feel when they bring up college football so this all circles back to this morning one of the guys on the show we're talking during the break he goes man you guys doing okay after Oklahoma got gutted and I kind of stopped and I was like yeah I think we're fine and in fact I think they might be pretty good this year you know I'm I'm not gonna try to get too carried away because I do think if if you get into that, yeah, F Caleb Williams and all this stuff that you people like to throw around and Lincoln Riley, Mule Shoe Snake, and Tebow and all that stuff, that comes across a little bit bitter, homeristic maybe. But I think Oklahoma's in a really, really good spot. I don't think they're going to be as bad. And I noticed when I when I brought it up to him, he goes, you know, that's actually – I hadn't thought of that. You guys got Dylan Gabriel and you got this. And then – it carried over. I was listening to Teddy talk about it. Well, we talked Stanford Steve, who had predicted, uh, picked Dylan Gabriel to win the Heisman Trophy. And, and as he's laying out the why, he's acting like it's somewhat breaking news that 
Jeff Lebby is the offensive coordinator and that nobody knows that Jeff Lebby had his – or Dylan Gabriel had his best season with Jeff Lebby. And, and, and that was a moment where it kind of opened my eyes a little bit, Josh. I don't think anyone has really taken the time to dig into the additions Oklahoma has made. They've really focused on those who have left. And I'm not going to say it's been a universal turn, but I feel like over the last couple of weeks, I feel like you're starting to see people take notice nationally. And again, at the core, don't care. Doesn't matter. Who cares what the national people say about you? But in some people's minds, it's very important, right? So the David Hale article is another great example, right? Another great example of realizing, dang, man, there's something there's something pretty special going on at Oklahoma right now. You, you see people starting to pick Dylan Gabriel to win the Heisman. At the core, Josh, I'm not trying to say this changes everything, but I get the sense now that maybe it was after Brent Venables talking at Big 12 Media Days, right, and people heard what he was all about. And, and maybe it was, I don't know, hearing the players talk too. Maybe the rest of the country is kind of finally starting to take notice that, huh, maybe things aren't as bad as we tried to lay it out at Oklahoma. And and maybe as we start to dig a little deeper, and maybe it took getting closer to the college football season, am I the only one that's sensing a change kind of in the narrative surrounding Oklahoma football right now that had been set nationally since December, late November, December? Certainly for those two, definitely. You might just have one degenerate gambler, though, and then another reporter that actually decided, you know what, why don't I thoroughly research into the situation that is Oklahoma football? You, you, will, you will find, though, if you do that, that, yes, Oklahoma went and found some pretty intriguing transfer portal options of their own. And, oh, by the way, even though there is some skilled talent that has exited stage left from Oklahoma – Obviously, we know about the quarterback situation that has left Oklahoma. They've they've got some pretty good skill guys that they signed. They've got some pretty good skill guys coming back. And oh, by the way, they've they've had some other transfer portal additions up front, offensively, up front, defensively. So it's a it's an intriguing Oklahoma roster with a really good head coach and a really good coaching staff. So you start really really digging into it and. There's plenty of reasons to be optimistic about Oklahoma and not just throw your hands up and say, well, Caleb Williams left. Game over. Which had been the way, Josh, a lot of people had looked at it, right? And I think a lot of people still do, you know, to your point. Oh, no, you're right. Don't get me wrong. You're right, yeah. To to your point, yes, I, I do think that we're starting to see some of the national folks really really take their time to think about dig into research okay what is who is this Oklahoma football team and when they do that they they realize a couple of things yeah I think I think OU's gonna be okay even minus some of their losses and then number two another thing they realize plank you start looking around at maybe some of the other stories that are out there but Elliot did his annual review right of the blue chip ratio teams, 15 teams that could win the national championship. 
Oklahoma's in the top five of that list, even even with everybody that's left. Mm. <laughs> so, at the core of it, at the core of this, doesn't really matter, right? Who cares what people are saying about you? Last year at this time, nobody was predicting Michigan to go to the national championship semifinals, right? At this time, last year, Josh, Spencer Rattler was considered a shoo-in to be in New York at the Heisman Trophy ceremony, right? At this time last year, Baylor was an afterthought in many people's eyes, and they ended up winning the Big 12. It's just, it's all pretty irrelevant. But I'm curious if I'm the only one that has noticed a bit of a different tone in the way that Oklahoma is being talked about. Now, I know there's some people who have now kind of made their – what's the best way to – I don't want to say made their bed because that sounds corny. But there's there's some that have kind of you know made their statement. And by God, they're, they're the kind of people that said, well, Oklahoma is not going to be the same without Lincoln Riley. Yeah, Stuart Mandel is a good example of this, right? Oklahoma could go win a national championship. And it's really, well, you know, it's not like they really beat anyone. And USC is still in a better position for long terms. Uh, the Pat Forty's a good example of this. Well, sure, they went out and they won the national title this year, but will they do it again next year? There's certain people that have kind of made it very clear how they feel about where this program is, and I don't think there's anything that's going to change it. But I'd love to hear on the Air Comfort Solutions text line at 405 651 Three four three nine. That's four zero five six five one three four three nine. Or if you want to pick up the phone, is Pierce in today? By the way, I'm sorry, I'm on a remote today, so I don't know, Josh. I'm I've flying blind to you here today, today, Chris. I didn't hear you. If you did talk to uh, me, did you talk to me? I, you asked me if Josh was here yet, and I said he's on his way. Oh, I thought that was TJ. Uh, I thought that was TJ. I didn't know he was racing at it. Okay, so Pierce is running the board at four zero five three two nine nine thousand, making sure the show stays on the air. Um, and Pierce tried Libby's last night, so we're going to have to get his uh, review coming up a little <laughs> yes. bit later on in the program. Uh, but I- am, am I the only one that senses this? Am I the only one that's seeing this? Am I making too much over and, – and listen, that, the whole idea of, of Stanford Steve picking Dylan Great Gabriel to win the Heisman Trophy, I'm, I'm, that's that's just – Again, I don't like that because he's terrible at picking. No, it's like how- it's like a black cat. It's a little <laughs> right, frightening. exactly. Just just not a good sign right now. But I like the David Hale piece, you know. I and and I I listen to a lot, a lot when I'm not on this show. I listen to our station whenever we're off the air at six. I'm listening to. Andy Staples podcast. I'm listening to Ralph Russo. I'm listening to Gabe and Teddy. There is a lot of non-just Oklahoma buzz about where this program is, and I think, and I think there's been a lot of people who have suddenly started to realize, oh, huh. Teddy says this a lot, and I, I think I agree with him quite a bit. Teddy says it a lot. How come people are losing their minds over Texas with a head coach that's coming off a 5-7 and seven season, and we've seen it? We've seen what he's all about. <laughs> Meanwhile, Brent Venables comes in, and people act like, well, that's great, but Steve Sarkeesian, man. I, it doesn't make a lot of sense to me, and it never has. But I love it. I, I, I love where this kind of narrative is right now josh it seems 
it seems as if it's turning just a bit. Or at least we found a couple of perhaps higher intellect individuals. We might have found that, and we'll see. We'll see. Maybe you're right. Maybe as we get closer to the season, all of the offseason hit piece work has – they've gotten their clicks, they're ready, and you know what? In order to get some of these in-season clicks, we got to start – got to build them up, baby. Got to say some nice things about uh, Oklahoma. But the offseason, it, un- oh. it is undefeated. The Texas Longhorns, they will uh, always be one of the best in the offseason. That will never change. Oh, what a what a morning. What a morning. Look at this. My day is made. My buddy Rob in Tulsa just texted me a pic of his daughter Irie with the horns down. Is that not a great way to start the day, Josh? A little Sarkeesian hate and the horns being thrown down. Let's go. Um, all right, so we got a big show for you. I, I'm just curious. Hit me up. Let me know. Am I crazy? 405-651-3439. We have breaking news in the world of college sports. Because it looks as if we are moving closer to the transportation. <clears throat> What's the transportation committee, Josh? Are you familiar with this at all? The transformation committee and some of its concepts. We'll get to that. And uh, Jimmy G was given the right away to go ahead and make at least inroads for a potential trade, which is not going to happen. I love... Oh, everyone just now realizes that Jimmy G makes $25 million. We've been talking about it for, like, ever. <laughs> and say so Everyone's like, well, I think so-and-so should trade for him. No, so-and-so. And literally, as it comes to nut-cutting time, it's like, whoa, $25 million. That's a lot of money. I don't understand Anyways. why these teams that are all over the cap or right up against it won't trade for Jimmy G. It's ridiculous. <laughs> $25 million, that's why. All right, we're we're due a break. When we come back right here on The Ref, let's get into what the Transformation Committee is in the process of putting together to transform college sports. Plank Shows, live from Cavens on a Thursday on The Ref. Where did you you get that picture sent to you from, Josh? (laughs) Was someone going through old yearbooks or something? So, my friend Courtney Darling is teaching at Cottonwood Elementary this summer. And bright and early this morning, having breakfast. It's a very relaxing morning. Right. Three crying face emojis, a series of photographs. And, yeah, there's your Cottonwood Elementary class of 2001, your seniors 2008. I've got athletic shorts on, but they're more like pants. Mm. Mm. It's a good-looking group of people right there. Yeah, um, I, of course, I've got to check everyone. This is from – it's wild because it's from 2000 and – whoa, 2001? I thought it was 2008. Yeah, that no, yeah. yeah, that's from 2008 when that photograph is taken. We graduated okay. from Cottonwood Elementary in 2001. Oh, okay, okay. The final four – now, again, the double shirt was a thing early in the 2000s, right, where you'd have a T-shirt – under the the t-shirt you would wear so that was a thing uh oh, every single that every ain't single that ain't awesome. never gone away baby that's still a thing <laughs> <laughs> uh but i i'm worried about your jayhawks homerism here josh because you are wearing a kansas jayhawks final four shirt do have you shown pierce this picture yet oh yeah oh i saw it i wish i did 
Your take, uh, Pierce. What you, the dude behind you is at least representing the school that you go to. There is a lot of outfits in this picture that I wore. The only thing that's missing that would have made it a little bit more my generation uh, is a few puka shell necklaces on some of these dudes. Oh, man. I, who is this guy? Um, I'm sending you a picture right now. There is – again, it's an Instagram reel thing, so I'm sure it was on TikTok a long time ago <laughs> where they have a filter and they put it over anything and it gives them that hair and they start singing, because tonight will be the night. That guy looks like it. <laughs> I, I, oh, did you get it? It's crazy. I think Who I know you're that? talking about without even seeing the picture you're sending. Yeah, exactly. So this is – Tim Hopkins, maybe? I don't know. 14 years ago then, Josh? Yeah. 14 years ago. I remember this moment, actually, now seeing the photograph. You know what this picture is, is all of the seniors that never left Andover, right? Oh, So that's like the the 14-year seniors is in that photograph. People that only went to Andover Public Schools, never, you know, left and came back or this or that. The loyal kids. That's right. (laughs) <laughs> That's a superstars right there. Mm. I was telling him you could look at every single person mm. in this photograph and you just could look at him for a while and just think about it. Yeah, that's Brandon Charshall. Is that Brandon? Uh, is that it, that's kind of an emo look, right? It's got the is that a You're talking about back left? Yeah, no back well, let's see. Back <laughs> right if you're looking at the picture. And there, oh my gosh, there's mega emo back no, that, left. Yeah, I thought you were talking about back left. That dude is crazy. that the Stranger Things kid? I think it is, is that the kid from the Upside Down World, Josh? That's Sam oh. Elliott. <laughs> you remember all of these kids' names? That's almost that's impressive. I think you could put a picture of the kids that I went to to uh, junior high with, and I probably would know like two names. I literally forget everything. My mom, when she calls me, when my mom calls, she'll. She'll be, hey, did you hear about, did you hear about Kathy Green? I'm like, I don't, <laughs> Kathy? I don't know who Kathy Green is. Who is Kathy? Yeah, she goes, you know, you know Kathy Green, Debbie's daughter. You went to high school with them. I'm like, I, I don't, I don't, I, I really, mom, I have no idea who you're talking about. And then she'll get mad at me and start going through their whole lineage. Kathy Green, her mom is Debbie, her brother is Billy. You played eight, and I'm like, mom, I have no idea. So kudos to you, Josh, for having the memory that you do. Well done. So I've got to tweet these out, right? You that have way. to for show context now so everybody knows what we're talking about. We just spent five minutes on it. I'm embarrassed to do that. And I'm, but <laughs> Bro, okay. I, I feel well, I have to. You know to. me. Hold on. Now that you've done this, I'll find an uber embarrassing picture of me somewhere, and then that way I can give you the support. Now, Pierce is too young probably to have two just, super embarrassing pictures. Yeah, I don't take embarrassing pictures at all. So, you know, all my I think we Get out of here with that. I'm not tweeting I think we have a new Thursday bit, Embarrassing Picture Thursday. Now, I'm going to take the cake for this because I went through several different uh, phases. I had my mullet phase. I had my bowl haircut phase. I have when they first, my grandma decided I needed to part my hair. Uh, you got to remember, I grew up always wanting my hair feathered back. So there's a, there's a lot of different phases of, of looks for me, Josh. So you do not need to feel in any way, shape, or form embarrassed. Because I will cool whip your embarrassment. I will go right over the top on it. I'll be Lincoln Hawk, hands over the top, over the top grip, slam it down so you don't have to feel bad about things. So tweet that picture so that the the show nation will be able to see what it's all about. Yeah, I just got to see here. Okay, 
at Andover High, Kansas. This looks like the proper Twitter oh, account dude. here. Um, real quick before we before we get that out of there, out there, and uh, we'll get a break and catch some of your Air Comfort Solutions text here on the Plank Show. There is a report, and again, I I challenge everybody to be skeptical of these types of reports. And to be honest, if there is anything on the planet that is loved more than confirming a report in college sports, I don't know what it is. Because college college sports absolutely positive college sports reporters love to do what? Confirm reports. So you've got to you've got to follow kind of the the trail on this because something called sidelines sports network and as i'm going through their twitter feed they have really shot their shot on about every single take that's out there <laughs> so they i don't want to say are reporting but here's what they here's the term are right, you ready me, let me. T- this is how you look through the 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 BS whenever it comes to Twitter reporting, because there's a lot of it out there. Sideline Sports Network, which I guess I can't make fun of because somehow they have a hundred thousand followers. Being reported that Arizona, Arizona State, Colorado, and Utah will apply for Big Twelve membership this afternoon. Whoa! Will were the rest of the Pac-12 land? Okay. Being reported, very vague, right? Then, moments ago, at Sideline Sports or SSN underscore Big 12, it is rumored that Arizona, Arizona State, Colorado, and Utah will be applying for the Big 12 this afternoon per Sidelines underscore SN. Now, I want to make sure I call out the proper person who retweeted this into my timeline because it makes me very angry. Dig a little bit. Dig a little bit for goodness sakes. That is, everyone gets mad. What are they to click? That's clickbait at its finest. That's follow me. Now, if it comes to fruition, it could, right? But, guys, I don't think anything's happening today. No, it's not. And if those teams were going to try to get out of the Pac-10, I think it would have already happened. Pac-10's set for this year, I think. Now, that's Captain Obvious because suddenly they're not jumping to the league now. But – it just, Josh, these are the types of things that trigger me because they'll get retweeted all over the place. Everyone asks questions. When if you just, like, click two things, you're like, huh, this sounds like something they just made up. ESPN is saying that there is a chance. Well, I've watched ESPN's coverage. I got home yesterday, Josh. I watched the ACC Media Day coverage and was flipping back and forth between the SEC Media Day coverage. They theorize, even during the SEC Media Day coverage, on so much stuff. Literally, they I, I, go. no one's going to take the time to go back and watch SEC Media Day 3 coverage. I don't blame you. But literally, they theorize on, well, you know, I, you know, I think it wouldn't surprise me at all if the Pac-12 were to go away and, you know, those four corner schools end up in the Big 12. Well, again, Paul Feinbaum theorizes on it nonstop. Heather Dinich theorizes on it but it's just there 
they're throwing what they think. There's no solid reports on it. There's no reporting. There's nothing outside of, hey, this is what they think right now. Um, stop falling. Quit being sheep. My gosh. Why am I getting so mad about this right now? I got to go back and look at your picture to bring me joy. I, go. I think Notre Dame might stay as an independent. I'm, I'm going to report that, I think, this morning. <laughs> you, it's, and again, the two things, we were joking about this the other day, the two things that get you some sort of clout right now are what? Reporting some massive NIL deal. I've heard that Texas has a guy they're giving $5 million to. Boom, it blows up the Internet. What's the other one? Sources tell me that this is what's going on with realignment, and everybody falls for it. Why? Because we are a sucker for any information right now, right? Yeah. I mean, there's reports out there that you can wake up and read your newspaper tomorrow, and these schools will be already on over to the Big 12 Conference. Looking at you, Greg Swaim. Yeah, is that still in the newspaper? I didn't check the paper today. Was that in the top fold or not? I think that was like two weeks ago. It was supposed to be the Denver Post. Quick break. Sorry. (laughs) Again, it's just, it's funny to me how we start trying to connect dots and then everybody just runs with it. Guys, I don't know how to put this to you, but back to our media days next week. (laughs) No one's going to want to deal with this until after the media day is over. You think Arizona, Arizona State, Utah, uh, and who else, Colorado, are going to have to deal with the 8,000 questions. They're going to already get it nonstop. Stop. Quit being just a little digging. Might help you out a bit. Quick break. Plank Show is on the road today. We are at Cavens Construction. Pierce last night tried the magic that is Libby's. We'll get an update from him. Josh has retweeted a fantastic picture of him from junior high. And we've got NCAA Transformation Committee news and your text next. We're at Cavens Construction on a Thursday. It's the Ref Sports Radio Network, the home of Sooner fans. How was your night, Josh? It just kind of came out of the gates, just fired up today over people finally starting to realize that Oklahoma is still going to play football in 2022. Shocking, right? No, not shocking at all. Guns blazing, baby. (laughs) David Hale, he's picking up speed. Uh, It was nice. It was good. I've – Pierce and I actually were – chatting around about this cutting it up uh, in the shop here about the boys on amazon prime which has taken my streaming attention and if you're i don't know dorky like me which obviously you can see that from my twitter feed if you go over there to uh, josh on ref you'll see that from 2008 but (laughs) if you're into superhero-y type things it is pretty good See, the reason I started watching it is that it's uh-huh. not a like super superhero-y type thing. Right. I am I'm the opposite of a fan of superhero things. I hate Marvel and DC. Um but like I'll whole, forgive you for that. <laughs> the whole like it's like the opposite of of like the classic Marvel He's right behind me, isn't he? Like the corny lines <laughs> that they always have. That'll hurt tomorrow. Like those kind of things. It's, like it's the opposite it's a of that. Good show about quote unquote superheroes. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So in other words, it doesn't get too, too crazy, too dorky, things of that nature. Like oh, the Superman yeah. one. Yeah, it's not dorky by any means. I will say, for those of you who are watching, it might be the most graphic, uh, gory show I've Ooh. ever seen. 
uh, before in my lifetime. Yeah, so it's it's not a not show for the, for the children. Heart. No, blank. definitely not. This isn't something that I can pop down with my daughter. And have no, I mean you could, but I would not I, it would recommend be a poor that. Poor parenting decision. Uh, here's an interesting note, real quick, before we hit the Air Comfort Solutions text line. The Cleveland Browns are working out quarterbacks this week, including AJ McCarron. By the way, I talked to AJ McCarron a couple weeks ago. Pretty cool dude, AJ McCarron, and Josh Rosen. Cleveland is going to go to training camp with four quarterbacks with Jacoby Brissett to be the QB1, depending what happens with Deshaun Watson's status. Not shocking, right? What is kind of funny, again, is how everyone's like, they should trade for Jimmy Garoppolo. Kind of like everyone's starting to realize that everyone's starting to realize that Oklahoma might not be terrible. People are starting to realize that a trade for Jimmy G would – like cost twenty five million dollars, so not many people have that kind of salary cap room just laying around. Even though, did you see Albert Breer's tweet last night, Josh? What did he have to say? No, I, the, I okay, definitely didn't. <laughs> the Browns are one of the teams with the most salary cap left. Oh, really? Yeah, and, and I kind of thought. And remember how they had set up Deshaun Watson's deal, but the Browns heading into training camp have $48 million in cap space. So they could which do Which is it. the most in the NFL. They, they could if they wanted to, but Mary Kay Cabot said this morning that it's not going to happen. Uh, the Cowboys are second on that list with most salary cap left at 21.9 mil, followed by the Panthers, Bears, and Packers. Panthers over 20 mil. Uh, of the least amount of money left, the tightest teams to the cap – the Ravens and the Patriots. Ravens only have seven. They're only under the cap by seven hundred and thirty thousand dollars. But financially, I mean, the Bears, the Bears, the Browns could get it done. But we'll get to Jimmy G coming up in the top five stories of the day. All right, to the Air Comfort Solutions text line four zero five six five one three four three nine. Let's hit a few of these. Uh, Big Bad Wolf. I like the idea of Utah and Arizona State a lot in the Big Twelve. I think we all do. I. I think we all do, mm-hmm. right? If you're thinking about solidifying the future and what would look good from a like a fan perspective, that's pretty good, right? You add, you know, I don't want to say regional, but the idea of Arizona and Arizona State has always kind of piqued our interest. And I can remember a couple of years ago going as far as saying, hey, I, I think it might be kind of cool if the Big 12 is looking at expansion to make a phone call to Arizona and Arizona State, but obviously much different world now. And, I mean, they've, Arizona and Arizona State should won in here. But the idea of those four schools, Utah, Colorado, Arizona, and Arizona State, Josh, it absolutely makes a lot of sense, and it'd be great for the league. Yeah, it, it's just all about the bottom line, though. Is that, you know, I just I keep coming back to this point. I guess at one point in time, a decade or whatever ago it was that Rutgers joined the Big Ten. Apparently that was that market was enough to convince television networks to say, yeah, but even though they're not really watching football and nobody cares about Rutgers, let's give the Big Ten more money because of that market. So if that can happen with Rutgers, I don't understand why Phoenix and Tempe and Denver, why you can't go add those schools. Salt Lake City? Why you can't add these these schools, Arizona, Arizona State, Utah, and Colorado. Hypothetically, 
couldn't that add to the financial shares of current Big 12 members? I guess not, but I don't know. Seems like if it's worked in other areas, why not for those four? But really, ultimately, that's what it comes back to. Do you know what's funny to me? And I, and I say this with peace and love. It's not like Tuscaloosa is a major market. It's not like Athens, Georgia is a major market. It's not like Gainesville, Florida is a major market. Hell, Norman, Oklahoma, even though you can tie each other, well, Tuscaloosa covers the whole state. You know, we, we could have these debates, but I'm always intrigued whenever – okay, because then it becomes – not going to get carried away, but then it'll become, well, the, the, the brand isn't strong enough. Okay, well, what about Boise then? Well, it's too small of a mark. I, I guess my confusion is every single time there's a knock for some reason. Like Kansas is a great example. Well, Kansas isn't good enough at football. Okay, well, they're close to a pretty major market. They've got a very passionate following. I've never understood why the Big Ten wouldn't be knocking on Kansas's door. But in that same vein, you know, you would look at a program like I always go back to Boise State. To Boise State, who has been lights out in football and immediately becomes, oh, well, you know, it's just not close enough to be big, big enough market. I, I've never been more perplexed, Josh, because there are teams that are really, really good at football that are not getting opportunities that programs that are really, really bad at football are, and I've never really understood it. That makes a lot of sense. No, Maryland. It, it doesn't. Rutgers. And I get the market thing, but still, don't you want to bring a brand <laughs> Isn't that what this is supposed to be all about? I'm so perplexed. But getting back to the point, yeah, I think that would be a really cool fit. Uh, One more quick one here from the 404. The double skirt look was one of the dumbest fashion trends from my youth. I hate myself from having ever allowed myself to wear it. Puka shell, temp necklaces, and Abercrombie with a poop emoji. Now listen, I would wear a puka shell necklace today. That was... That was fashion personified, my friends. Yeah, it still looks good. It looks good. Now, the problem is my neck has added quite a bit of fat since my teens. So instead of an actual necklace, it might look like a choker thing around me. We went on vacation last year, and at one of the stores, they had a puka shell necklace, and I tried to – I was like, ooh, I'm going to get this, and I tried to put it on, and it was not a fun experience. (laughs) Choking out? Me, me passing out because I'm trying to wear a puka shell necklace while I'm knocking myself out would be fantastic. <laughs> Someone come over here and resuscitate hey. this individual. Hey, what's uh, this dude? This guy here is dead. What's wrong? Oh, he tried to put a puka shell necklace on. <laughs> but you know what we'll do? How about this? You've got your picture. Pierce has submitted a few. I'll go check my mom's Facebook. And uh, next hour, we'll put them up and try to decide which one's the most embarrassing. And I think, I think I may have you top. The problem is Pierce's aren't embarrassing; they're precious. I'm not old like, oh, enough to have like any like super embarrassing ones. Look yeah. at this precious little baby boy right here. I mean, that's you got your football uniform on, starting got corner for the A team, school junior polo on. I mean, you can you can see from my photograph, it's like, oh man, he must have been a handful in class, and you know, he's not really. He's You're not clearly, smiling. No, he's like. Total troublemaker, but Pierce, you're right. It just seems like a nice kid. I right, quick break. <laughs> Plank show rolls on. Uh, got more from the Air Comfort Solutions text line. Top of the hour, 10 a.m. this morning, we're going to hit how Jim Phillips tried to write himself and a few other highlights from ACC Media Day right here on the Plank Show. Oh, 
I found some doozies, boys. I found some doozies. So Josh started the embarrassing picture Thursday trend. Pierce doesn't really have any embarrassing pictures. He does not qualify. Yeah, um, but I got a few here. Uh, I have one of me that I can say it's embarrassing because it's of me at a Raiders game when we got beat like 55-0. to zero. Does that count as embarrassing? <laughs> yes. Why is it embarrassing? Well, because we absolutely got smoked in said game. But You know, a uh, quick little side note. You know what I saw today as, as a great lunchtime deal? Josh Elmer, as we welcome you back into the Plank Show, live from Cavens Constructions. Uh, I almost gave the phone number, and I don't have it right here in front of me. CavensConstruction.com, or you can call them at 405-573-3048. I believe I saw today, I'm going to make sure I confirm this, that the chili cheese dog at Sonic is only a dollar. Oh, it's Dollar Coney Day? I believe so. Giddy up. Now, now, uh, it's, I think it's limit five is what I saw, <laughs> which which is mm. fine, and I get it. I but, guess I'll have yeah. to go somewhere else for dinner. Well, I mean, if I can only get five, right. I mean, what are we doing? <laughs> so, There's a lot of uh, Sonics and Norman. You can is just that, go stop by each one. Is that per oh person gosh. or vehicle? I didn't even think about that, Pierce. It could be I could stop in more than one Skronik and get it. It's un- unsolicited endorsement for your lunch plans today. Um, <laughs> for the 404, no, no, no to the Puka Shell necklace. A Puka Shell <laughs> plank writes, Jesse, come on, you're better than that. No, I'm not. I am not better than that. All right, listen, we got a break. I've got ACC Media Day stuff, some good air comfort solutions text to get to an hour two with Josh and Pierce. I'm Plank on the Home of Center fans.